Like, why not? It's a very powerful question. I like it. Because when you say why not, oftentimes you can't find any reason. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a great question. Yes. Why we why we should not do this? Yeah. Right? Because yeah. if you ask why, then you have to bring reasons to justify a position to say, well, the reason we want to do it is because this is happening already. But when you say why not, you're saying what's preventing you from taking that step? Yeah. And oftentimes there's nothing. Yeah. Hello, once again, I'm very excited to come back today. And uh, today we're going to have a different conversation. It, it is still about technology because we're passionate about technology. It is still about innovation because we're very interested about innovation. But today we're going to talk about migration and we're going to talk about education. So Canada has been welcoming immigrants from around the world for, for years together. This trend only, only, only grown in recent times. In the first quarter of 2023, according to government data, we actually welcomed 145,000 new immigrants in Canada. Moving to a new country, it is overwhelming, exciting at the same time, highly challenging, right? As we Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Uh -huh. So there is a desire to contribute to the community economy, but also the need to adapt to local living and also to our culture. So being an immigrant myself, this is a very special conversation for me. It's very close to my heart. Mandra Buarque, I do work with the marketing team here at Launch Code, and this is LaunchCast. Today, I welcome Wumi Adekambi. Yay, right. you yes. got it. <laughs> well, Wumi, she is the founder of two outstanding organizations, Rescale and Immigrant Techies. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Andre. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's make this as a continuation of a conversation we actually had a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. It makes sense to you? Is that good to you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So conversations around immigration, it is dear to our company. Uh, not only to me, because many of our team members actually speak speak different languages. Um, if I, if I may remember, twelve twelve languages in total. That's impressive. There is impressive. We're born in different countries, right? So I too myself, as you know, I moved from Brazil to Canada seven years ago with my beautiful wife and my two kids. And recently, I became a proud citizen of this uh, beautiful country that oh, I love so much. Thank you so much. When was that? That was January. Oh, that's January. Great. First, it be. I actually don't mm. have the passport yet, but uh, soon. <laughs> As some people do, right? Um, I think the best way to start this conversation it is actually to discussing our journeys, right? We had this amazing interaction. We we had a great almost two-hour chat, and that's when I said, you know what, you me, we you should come. We should talk about this on Launchcast because uh -huh. this is a valuable conversation from two immigrants, and especially to understand a little bit more what what you have been doing. So let's start first talking about you because you have a very interesting background, uh -huh. right? So. Who is Womi? I know, <laughs> I promise not ask this question, but uh, let's talk a little bit about you. Where do you come from? What are you doing over there? And why did you move to Canada? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm originally from Nigeria and my background was in biochemistry. So I have two degrees in biochemistry and I was teaching that. So I was in academics. I was teaching and doing research in biochemistry. So very nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> Very nerdy activities yeah. right there. And it's a lot of study, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I originally wanted to study medicine, which was why I went the biochemistry route. But as I went on with the program, I kind of fell in love with it. Mm. And um, and then I along the line, I, div I discovered my passion for teaching, for impacting younger people. Okay. Because in that environment, the lecturers, the faculty professors, they wield so much power. They could make or, may, or, or mar 
a career. Mm-hmm. They wielded so much power, yeah. and most of them used it negatively. Right, like oh, it wow. was, it was okay. a lot of times it was like an abusive relationship. It was very toxic the way the interaction between lecturers and students were, was. And I thought, if there is this much power, what will it look like if you wield it positively? So that was really my drive to go into academics. I like the the aspect of interacting and coaching students uh-huh. a lot more than the research part at the time. And I just thought, you know, I, I so much believe in the power of the human potential, mm-hmm. like what one single life can do, given the right conditions and the right directions. And when people are young, they tend to make, you know, all these choices out of self-expression because they don't really know who they are. They, yeah. they just want to get attention. So I thought, what will it look like if I pour into these young minds and not just teach them biochemistry, but actually life skills? Like be that, be that power in the system that's actually for good. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was my motivation for getting into academics. That is, that is deep. You, you actually didn't share that when we talked. <laughs> I didn't know that. No, There's I, so many layers. It is so many me. layers because this whole layer of I I was seeing how lecturers, professors were wielding. Oh, yeah. You know, power and sometimes in a negative way. And in, in your mind, you said, okay, this is a lot of power. How can I wield that for good? Mm-hmm. This is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that that so that that's what happened right there, and so after a while, after I mean something else I was doing that wasn't even my work at the time. So I had founded a nonprofit. We didn't call it that. It was more like I founded a group for teenagers in my community and my church, because there was group for men, there was group for women, group for even young adults, but for children too. There were, there were groups for children, but there was no one catering to that age 12 to Got it. 16-ish. From, from being a kid to being a young person. Exactly. Like that. And that, mm-hmm. is the, that is the very age where you struggle with your, with your identity. Oh You're like, oh my. am I a child? Am I a grown-up? Right. They don't know. Yeah. So, so that was the first thing I did. I was a late teen myself at the time. I was about 18 okay. when I started that because I just saw that gap that nobody was catering to teenagers. So that's where the love for just helping young minds started before it then morphed into a profession for me. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So that, that um, the, uh, you know, the, the ability mm-hmm. to lead... Um, it was you could see that still very young because at the end of the day, we're gonna talk about your organizations. It does require an, uh, a genuine interest in, interest on leading people and coaching people and helping people. It has to be there's mm-hmm. no other way, right? Right. Um, so, as as you were saying, we can see that already on your youth years, but actually mm-hmm. taking care of like this gap within your exactly. church, right? Like yeah. for me, I I didn't call it leadership then i didn't even think that's what it was i just thought there's a gap in the system and i can fill it so why not do it right that's very cool so that and that's how that that has been like the principle for every other thing too that i've done that is like me starting a new thing i just feel like there's a gap and i can do something about it so why not like why not is a very powerful question. I like it because when you say why not, oftentimes you can't find any reason. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a great question. Yes. Why we why we should not do this? Yeah. Right. Because yeah. if you ask why, then you have to bring reasons to justify a position to say, well, the reason we want to do it is because this is happening already. But when you say why not, you're saying what's preventing you from taking that step? Yeah. And oftentimes there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like that question. You know a question that I like a lot? I yeah. ask sometimes uh, some of my colleagues here, especially one of them, is always like, okay, if not now, mm-hmm. then when? So then it's kind of moving a, moving mm-hmm. away even from the question, why not? It if is not that you, then who? If not, if not you, so who's going to mm-hmm. do this, right? So, yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting seeing, so some of the so interesting stories that you just told now, just said now, I, I didn't know, right? So even the youth thing, 
and uh, so I can see a lot of resonance mm. somehow. But I, 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 we're gonna we're gonna touch into that. We're gonna talk about your organization. But I think there's still a part of your story which is you. Okay, at a certain point, you decide to come to Canada. Right. Right. Okay. So fast forward, you decided to come to Canada. Mm-hmm. How was that? Why was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that was that was a decision we made as a family, my husband, myself, and our one daughter at the time. Now we have two. And um, honestly, I thought, you know, you know the market and the way, the way you hear that Canada is looking for you. Yes, yeah, so very it was, interesting. It was, yeah. yeah, it was like Canada wants you. The propaganda like, is really, Wumi, is really Canada is looking for you. They looked at your skills and they're like, we want her. So for me, I just thought, okay, if it's about teaching and coaching and supporting people, I can do it in Canada as well. Like the idea came originally from my husband. I wasn't initially thrilled because I kind of liked my life. <laughs> you know, at the time, I, I liked where I was. It wasn't it wasn't flashy or anything. I was just content. I liked where I was. But you know, you think about opportunities for your children. You, you think about something to to give you more opportunities for impact. At least that's what we thought. <laughs> so, yeah. and then coming here, my plan A, of course, was to continue in academics and research especially because Canada is looking for me. So yeah, right? why would course, I yeah. why would I even yeah, doubt that? We've like been looking for you, right? That's right. So. <laughs> Remember the, t- the Uncle Sam, yeah. right? Right, the American needs you. So it's exactly. pretty much how, how some people felt, right? Mm-hmm. But they still feel about it, right? Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, I, and, and then we go here, and I spent the next three years trying to get into academics. So... And because my field, you know, is biochemistry, it's, it's heavy research. So it's laboratory equipment. So it's expensive. It's an expensive field to get into if you wanted to come in through like the faculty position. I, I was I, I was working on a PhD in Nigeria, which I kind of abandoned, thinking it would be easy to start one afresh interesting. in Canada. <laughs> so you actually stopped your PhD in Nigeria. Yes, I did. In your field. Yes. Okay. So I started that and I stopped it because I thought it was going to be easy to pick another one up. So it turned out it wasn't. And um, like three good years, really, because I was so bent on this is how this is how I touch people. This is how I show up to the world. Like this is how I want to impact people. So but after about three years and then I kind of I had to have a sit down meeting with myself <laughs> to say, okay, what, what else? What else do you bring to the table? Like what else can you offer the world? You know? And even as the, when I was in academics and I was lecturing, I was doing other things. I was leading groups. I was managing um, projects like a university accreditation project. I was organizing webinars and seminars for students I was supervising research projects I'm like okay so project management I'm already doing that right yeah. so so that was um so that became my first pivot so to say but even at that I was able to get into an environmental company but I could only start from their most junior level which is the bench level technician mm-hmm. so they took my science they're like okay you have science you have science background so yeah, I'd come be a lab technician, which was barely like almost a minimum wage job. Well, that. Yeah, so that was that was where I had to start from, um, and it was from within the organization that I was then able to kind of reinvent myself even the more, and then pivoted into the management of the science. So it's still okay. still doing the science okay. and then project management. But that's within the, the same science. organization. Was that an, was that another one? It was it was the same organization. It was the same just organization that department. Just different department. Mm-hmm. So from PhD, almost sorry, not, <laughs> almost not a PhD, PhD, but almost PhD <laughs> in Nigeria to an entry level technician to to three years gap first. To, sorry, three yeah. years first, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then an and entry then level, yeah technician mm-hmm. from phd to enter interesting enough i'm repeating that because <laughs> this is not this is not only your story mm-hmm. this is the story of many people you know 
Exactly. And I know, and exactly. you probably know way more than myself because of yeah. rescue and immigrant yeah. hackies, right? Yeah, this is a common story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was my first pivot. And so what I had done again, most of what I've done with my career, I had to take the initiative. So I would look at my organization and think, okay, now we have, we're doing project management, but we don't really understand the process. So then I go do a PMP certification, then come back and say, now I know how to do this properly. Right, mm-hmm. and then as we went on, I also saw that there was a gap in the you know organizational change management strategies. Like we will roll out these great things, they will never get done because you never carry people along. So then I went and did a training on that. Nobody like I had no conversation with any boss or anything. Mm-hmm. I just thought there's a gap here. Then I went to get that training. I I'll bring it back, and then. Sometimes they even push back. They're like, yeah, all these fancy things you get and you're doing, you don't need it for this role. You know, when employers see you only in the in the current role you are, but not your potential or even your past, like yeah. based on what you have actually done in the past. So, so it was sometimes a struggle just reinventing myself that way because I was moving against the grain and just um, living out of, my own potential, not the eyes with which they saw me. So even when I was doing all these things, it did not lead to a promotion sometimes, it did not lead to a pay raise sometimes, mm-hmm. but I just could do not do it. I couldn't see a problem I can solve and then walk away from it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so that kind of morphed into working on, then I started getting interested in tech, right? So working on some, um, we, we did some work in, experience design because of my experience uh employer employee experience we were trying to work on an on a customer experience project and then discovered that the employee experience was so bad that there was no no equity <laughs> to mm-hmm. push customer experience so you can't, we had to pivot this strategy to first of all focus on employee experience so my coaching skills came in that way as mm-hmm. well so it has just been this interesting weave of story that it is only now that I look back that it makes sense. At the time, it was like it was like my career had no direction that I was just it. doing all this, yes, you know, random things. But then, if I when I look back now, I see how every part contributed to like this wholesome um, life that I now have. Mm-hmm. I'll put it that way. So yeah, then I started getting in, interested in 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 tech. So at first it was. It was um, it was a love for country. I call it like that, like for king and country. I know it sounds cliche, but I really was passionate about Alberta, about Calgary. So I'm like, what's our, what's the next thing? If oil and gas is not what it used to be, because I had friends that were, that wanted to come into Canada and they were saying, oh no, we're we're not coming to Alberta. We're com- we're going to BC or uh, or Ontario. Mm-hmm. Your glory days are over. And I'm like, no way. We still have cool stuff here. Like, so I wanted to know what to start telling them. That what will I be telling my friends? So I started following Calgary Economic Development. I wanted to know what they're working on. What how are they selling this place? So then I saw the the Calgary in the new economy, the digital strategy for Alberta. So I started attending all the tech events. And um, yeah, so that was how I stumbled into the tech space. And this is way before Rescue and Immigrant Tech. We're still talking about you. Yes. You know, but the, this is what kind of led to it. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. So, so okay, so, so that's, we didn't talk about this, right? So, which is awesome. Two hours of conversation, I didn't know that. <laughs> that is so exciting. Yeah. So, okay, so to finish on that thought, as far as I understand is, uh, you you came three years, um, and then three years, nothing. Yeah. And then an entry-level technician job from someone that was actually working a PhD in biochemistry. And then eventually now, you started to uh, engage with people coming to Canada, but mm-hmm. not specifically from a but it kind of sparked on you the interest of knowing a little more about the province, more about the economic decisions. Right. So you could actually engage a little bit more in conversations, give more context. Mm-hmm. And then slowly you actually 
got yourself into the tech industry, which biochemistry, I'm assuming, has yeah, like it's, no, it's a different, there's no direct it's a link different there. Yeah. industry. And and, and right? my 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 uh, drive again was that technology was disrupting everything, oh, every yeah. industry. So it doesn't really matter. It's sector agnostic, right? It is sector agnostic. And so whatever yeah. you're doing, you want to be on the cutting edge of. Of, absolutely of transformation absolutely yeah yeah so yes. that was uh it was my own curiosity like i mean getting into alberta tech there was no there was no path there was no clear path for someone coming from a laboratory management kind of industry sure then looking to get into tech there was no way i could have found it if I didn't dig my way through. Absolutely. Yeah, so it was like, I want to know what else we're doing as a province, as a, as a city. And I started looking for this information. And then I stumbled upon it. And it was great. It was awesome. Like I stumbled upon this vibrant tech community with people that are so warm. They live by this social contract that it's not enforceable, yet people live by it. Yeah. It was yeah, so different than yeah, everything I had yeah. ever seen in corporate Alberta, right? So I was so overwhelmed, I mean, positively with all the support that existed and the opportunities there and the culture. But I was also taken aback that it wasn't, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me mm. in the space at the time. For sure. So it was, it, was, it was like, once you find your way, you will be welcome. But you have to find your way. That is a great, great point. Exactly. Absolutely. Awesome. You are now connected to the tech industry, right? That's that's pretty much what you kind of explaining to us. And what was the moment when you were inspired to create something to to help immigrants? Mm -hmm. So when I was attending all these tech events. Um, CED, Calgary Economic Development, had this campaign, or they called it strategy, I think, the Calgary in the new economy. So they will always talk about the pillars that are, that's what they're looking for. And talent was a major pillar. And then there was a lot of rhetoric around, we don't have enough talent. Like we need to find a way to get enough talent to drive um, the tech industry, to drive all the new things, all the exciting things that were happening. So for, it was at that point and I thought, like, what do, what do we mean we don't have enough talent? I know a lot of smart people that already have science backgrounds that are working as grocery store clerks. So is it that we don't have enough talent or we don't recognize them? Great question. Yeah. Right. So, so that was that was the trigger for me, really, because the immigration process to Canada. If you come in as an economic immigrant, you p most probably have a STEM background, because that's that's the that's that's what the process favors. So, if you have a STEM background, you get more points, and you're most likely to be selected. So, you have a STEM background. You're young-ish, like you're usually younger than forty. You have you're strong, you're healthy, because they test that. Mm -hmm. So we have this young, vibrant, smart talent pool that we've misaligned. And then here we are, on the other hand, we can't find talent. Mm -hmm. So it just did not make sense to me. It was a simple common sense thing for me that it doesn't make sense. We need to make it make sense. We need to bring this together. Like how do we bring the immigrant talent pool into the tech industry so that we can solve the tech talent challenge for tech, for, for the industry, and empower the immigrants as well. Yeah. So like, it was those two problems that I saw that one solution could solve. Mm -hmm. So then I got a bit ahead of myself at the time, like I wanted to change the whole thing. <laughs> and I remember I was also new to tech, so I, sure. I didn't even have the network then. I didn't have, there weren't a lot of people that knew me other than just me attending all the events I can find. And it, it was, this was COVID had rolled in at this point. So I was able to attend many events because it was all online. We just say yes to every sure, yeah. Zoom invite you get. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's so a different that's, level yeah. of interaction, different level of networking. Mm -hmm. Doing that online, right? It's just but different it, than you. It worked for me though. I, I would it. not have been able to do okay. that if I had to leave my office physically and go downtown 
for Rainforest Alberta Lunch Without Lunch, for example. Mm, got it. Like it wouldn't have worked for me. That that so that kind of that that's one of my blessings of COVID. Like I was able to actually grow more network in Canada during COVID than I had the like five, six, seven years before that. Got so it. it was it was really interesting. So yeah, I had wanted to I wanted to do something that would be like a, a, a holistic solution where and it's still it's still a dream for me. So when, when immigrants come in, there are things they have to do that is already ingrained into process. So how to get your sin, how to get your healthcare card. Yeah. And like important things like that. People know to do that, they know where to go. So I'm like, why is there no career triage mm. spot as part of the immigrant immigration process? So that when people come in as they're sorting their healthcare, they're sorting their social security, a social insurance number, they also know to go like, oh, this is where they assess my career for what my senior level is, like what my leadership level is, what kind of area mm-hmm. I fit in as part of the government process. Because what happens is people just get into the system and then you find yourself just in a pool of, okay, somebody said there's a program there. Somebody said yes, you should do that. that's precisely how it is. So if you don't know people right. already, yeah. then you don't get even any of no, the existing information. You, you have scattered information mm-hmm. all around the, all around the place. Exactly. Right? Uh, you don't have one source of truth. I mean, at the end of the day, maybe our, the Immigration Canada website is going to provide you information. But the other thing, again, and this is not my experience only, of course, this is experience of a lot of my friends, right? Pretty much my entire community. Um, navigating through the the information where it kind of my perception of that is instead of one or two sources of truth where you can go there and again you're gonna find precisely what's available to you kind of whatsapp and instagram becomes exactly. your source of exactly. truth people sharing stuff people to sharing each other. stuff so interesting so yeah. yeah i mean those are great we want to continue to see them i, I was i was just thinking about why why is there no why are we not being strategic about this Right. So I wanted to do something that brought in regulators and other immigrant serving organizations. So it was it was uh, it was a lot that I was mm-hmm. trying to do at the time. So that was when I founded Reskill Calgary. I wanted to create like a solution that was end to end. Makes sense. It's still a dream. Got it. Even of course, now. Of course. But there was a lot of problem there because there were already organizations that were players in the space. They are recognized. They are not, I wouldn't say they are exactly solving the problem. Because, and this is another conversation, when you have people who don't have a lived experience trying to solve for a set of people, they don't even understand the problem. 100%, yeah. Not and to you, talk can't about you can't blame them. You can't blame them. You can't, right. Yeah. So not to talk about procuring the right solution when you don't even get it from the inside. So there are a lot, a lot of, issues where people are trying to do good but the design is just flawed because they don't understand yeah but these are the people that get the support the money because they're already known right so there was all of that obstacle and then i thought okay what can i do that does not require a lot of resources What, what can i do that is not exactly a program that doesn't need to be funded that doesn't mm-hmm. need too much of a structure okay so that was when i created immigrant techies alberta because that's 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 just a community mm, got it. so all i all it cost me was to go to meetup.com and pay for six months of um, hosting or i don't know what they call that like that was that was all that cost me to start it and they just invite people invite people from the community invite other immigrants like here we're all talking about tech we are learning together. Mm-hmm. And because I'm also new, I was also new, right? Like it was just easy to say, I'm not an expert either. Because that's the thing. A, a lot of the way te- tech is a little more, it, it's it's different now. I'm talking four years ago. It's totally different in Alberta, how it mm-hmm. looks now. At that time, it still looked like an exclusive 
club. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that belong yeah. to certain kind of people, certain demographics, certain age groups, certain yeah, level of wokeness, like yeah. all of that. Yeah, you're is right. The perception. You're right. So I wanted people, I wanted immigrant professionals to be able to see themselves yeah. in tech, in tech careers as startup founders, right? And and the fact that I leading the group, I tell them like. I have biochemistry background. I've been working in project management. Like, I'm not a techie in that sense of the word. So it kind of lowered the 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 threat level, I would say. Like, people just felt like, oh, it's safe here. We are all learning. So that's kind of how the community grew. The community, ha- ha- like, that's how we grew. We just host events. It's super casual. We kept it really casual so that people can come and go as they want. And then we're able to bring people from the community to talk about what people want to learn. So we ask um, immigrants what they want to learn and then find an expert from the community to come and talk about it. And so that way I'm growing my relationship, my network with people in tech, with companies, because sometimes it's a company feature. Sometimes it's a, a topic, some theme. So that's so that way I'm also growing my network, like inadvertently. I, I, I didn't even plan on growing a network i'm just, just like naturally happened exactly right? it's just a consequence of it and this is immigrant techies this is immigrant, immigrant techies. techies all the way which is like this this community mm-hmm. uh which was born out of the idea okay what can i do here yeah but not a, not not with a lot of funds or not with a lot of support i can actually exactly. do something mm-hmm. that's pretty cool so but then immigrant taxes has this this face of it like very community driven mm-hmm. So reskill it is actually a program, right? This is this is when you offer something different than only the community support, right? right yeah. Right. Can you talk? Can we talk a little bit more about yeah, that? Yeah. So, I think what has happened is working with working on immigrant techies with it was a no agenda kind of mm-hmm. uh, initiative, more like just support people, just grow organically. We're not going for anything in particular. But then when some opportunities then came for to apply for some funding, because Immigrant Techies is not a registered entity, it's just a community group, right? So I applied through Reskill Calgary mm-hmm. for that support. And there have been a couple of funding we applied for that we didn't get, but finally we got one, which is uh, through um, the Government of Alberta Workforce Strategies Grant. And uh, that's how we're running this current program called Pathway Pro. Pathway Pro, yeah, that's yes. the one. Uh, and that's actually the one I would love for you to explain a little bit about about that. Because again, this the, the audience here is quite diverse. But mm-hmm. this one, specifically this one, uh, we're going to you know, share in our channel specifically for yeah. people that are already immigrated. They're going through the same pain mm-hmm. or know someone that goes, is going through the same pain or it's coming. Right, right. Right? So, so, so let's talk about Pathway Pro. It's a beautiful program. So what is Pathway Pro? And mm-hmm. how, and w- what is Pathway Pro? If you can, or not only what it is. Uh, how did we get there? There you go. There yeah. you go. That's actually my question. Yeah. yeah. So in response to the sh- talent shortage in Alberta, a lot of training organizations sprang up. So now we have people pivoting, people doing boot camps and like trying to learn these new things, get into these fields. And then before we knew it, then we got flooded with junior tech talent. Yes. That employers won't take. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. the reality so, of it, yeah. <laughs> so that's, we, we found another problem, right? We're yeah. trying to like create this talent pool to sustain the tech economy. But now we have a lot of juniors. So then when we now have, so immigrants tend to fall into that bucket of even when they're not juniors, they're treated as juniors. So th- there's the issue of junior talent and there's the issue of Canadian experience where Canadian employers just don't trust that the immigrant professional can do what their qualification and experience say they can do. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. That's, that's, I agree 100%. <laughs> yeah. This is also a great conversation to have with, uh, you know, uh, friends uh, mm-hmm. that uh, you know, Canadian friends that actually run companies or 
you know, they have great positions in great companies. So we can also discuss and hear also from their perspective what they think. As I'm saying, because this is the kind of conversation I also have. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting to have just, just one brief comment. So last week we had the Stampede uh, Tech Social event, which okay. was a big thing. It was very exciting. It was Neo Financial, was Launch Code, was Platform Congress, Chamber of Commerce, Showpass, Housem. I hope I'm not forgetting anyone. Um, and it was it was amazing. 450 people uh, registered. So many people knocking on the door to get more tickets. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we got more than 300 people actually that went to the event. So it was a big event. And then I had a chance to talk to so many people. I, I personally talked to 32 new people that I'd never met on that day. 32. Plus the ones I already know. Mm-hmm. know. So, and I talked to, it's interesting enough, I had a chance to talk to five different people that are working on the recruiting side. Mm-hmm. Um, people uh, that are, uh, I, I've met someone that was working for a big company, three, four actually. Yes, one working for a big company and four that left big companies and started their own uh, HR services mm-hmm. business and with different aspects, but most of them right. recruiting. So great conversations. One of them, two of them great great ladies we had this amazing conversation um pamela and faye pamela and faye by the way if you're watching this pamela and faye it was a hell of a conversation um you already invited you to come to launchcast so please come but um and then we just talked about this there was mm-hmm. that was the core of our conversation i actually mentioned you mm-hmm. we mentioned i mentioned zach right. i mentioned margo right um different stances right mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. at a certain point all of you are supporting and trying to to you know to help the immigrants just to put things together in that sense so yeah the conversation was really good what I, my take was even them feel that they feel how challenging it is mm-hmm. and even them say it's brutal i don't know what it is i know what kind of right so there is more to that Right. I would love to have a conversation only around that for sure. <laughs> Maybe an immigration series. Maybe an immigration. I know. So my, my amazing content marketing manager already has that in his mind. For yeah. sure, something for us to go deeper. And again, just think about how useful this conversation is. Mm. Right? For all of these audiences out there, not only to give them strength to go through, but to for empathy is the first thing, which it right. is that I am not alone. Right? I'm not alone. There are people out there trying to do this. But let's come back to to talking about the Pathway Pro uh, program. Yeah. Um, so with um, with the hurdle of the Canadian experience, I like to put it in air quotes, sure. of course, because it's not a thing. It's not supposed to be it's a thing. It's not a thing, thing. yeah. It's yeah. not supposed to be a thing, yeah. but it is a thing. It is a thing. So yeah. we have to work around it. 100%. And it actually gives you a point on the... Uh, <laughs> On, on the extra entry, right? That's, yeah. So, <laughs> so in all the conversation <laughs> I've had over time through hosting different people for events, and so I've had time to talk to employers and just say, like, let's let's have this conversation, because on the surface, nobody, no employer will put it on their website that we require Canadian experience. Like nobody says this, nobody talks about it, but we know it happens. So I then say. Tell us what the problem is. What is what, what? What's your struggle with immigrant professionals? When you hire immigrants, what what troubles do you get? Let's work on it. Mm-hmm. Like we're not saying there's nothing there. We're not saying there's nothing of concern there. It's it's normal for people to have like a risk aversion for what they don't know. Yeah, it's a human thing. But let's not let's not brush over it. Let's talk about it, and then we can work around it. Yeah. So we hear a lot of things and and the idea of soft skills, essential skills is actually mm-hmm. more important mm-hmm. than, than, than the, the hard technical skills, skills yeah, in many right. cases. Yeah. You know, I've heard employers say, well, when we bring people in for interview, they this immigrant professionals, we just talking to them about how they're like, did you find our office okay? Did you take the train? And they don't want to talk about that. They just want to skip to the technical part. Right, yeah, and they, they, yeah. so they, they begin to feel like, yeah. can I really work with this person if we can yeah. talk about snow? Yeah, right. <laughs> Which <laughs> that's, that's 
<laughs> you know, yeah. it's interesting that Zach and I had the same conversation right. where he actually said the same thing you were saying, like how focused people are on technical skills yeah. and they're missing out soft skills. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. Same thing. So, yeah. So what my response to that, so what, what I say to employers that have this concern is it's, um, it's not the same. So what, what a Canadian born person will call small talk It's not small talk for someone that came here as, a, as we, an adult. We talked about this, right? We yeah. Talked, and that was yes, a big did. part of our conversation, which was, I actually shared with you the strengths of my, my wife, right? And mm -hmm. how hard for her. It's, it still is in that sense, a little bit better now, but still is um, to, you know, this is small talk is a huge thing for someone it that is. is not a native speaker. It is. Even for myself nowadays. Uh, I do understand most of it. I do actually try to do more Canadian jokes, although I'm getting better. <laughs> Making fun of yeah, uh, some stuff. But it's tough. Small talk comes it's from shared values, shared experiences yes, right? exactly. over time. Yeah, there you go. The reason you call it small is because it's what everybody sees and does every time. Right? So, so they don't even have to think about it. Yeah. But when you're a newcomer, you have to think about it. Yeah. You have to think about what to say to sound funny. Right. Imagine that. Yes. Imagine yes, the, that the is so mental pressure yeah. of having to think about looking like you're relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that's not it it's is. not small. It is it is not small talk. It's yeah. Not, it's not small so that, talk that yeah. that's what I tend to tell people who have that as a concern on that side. And then when I'm talking to immigrant professionals, I'm like, yeah, I get it. But it's you can learn it. Right? Yeah. You can learn it's about being aware. You know, be present where you are. Look at what people are doing, and just have curiosity. Be just want you want to learn. So, so they're talking about hockey. You've never played hockey. Ask yeah. like, right? Like, we don't play hockey exactly. in Nigeria. So tell me about it. Like, what, what what's this about? Like, ask exactly. Ask. This is this is this is this is absolutely amazing. Okay, so how how you know? our audience can have access to the program how how can they know a little bit more about what you do what your company do and how actually they can apply for that if that's the case mm -hmm. so um pathway pro um the way the way we've designed pathway pro is to solve all these problems that i highlighted earlier so there's the issue of the canadian um, experience and there's the issue of uh, soft skills So what we're doing with Pathway Pro is for people who already have experience, they might have done a boot camp before, but they, they, are not, they are not coming into this program to learn how to code or how to, how to be a product manager, for example. So they are coming to practice, right? So we are taking those who are already developers, uh, quality assurance analysts, product managers, project managers, designers, and then putting them on a scrum team. Like we're trying to simulate as much as possible a typical work environment. And then they get this project from a company that's sponsoring that, mm -hmm. like providing guidance and uh, like, uh, providing guidance as to what is to be built. And as part of the program, we also have senior mentors from industry that are actually being paid to mentor people on these projects. Okay. So we want people to have more hands-on experience, like what it's like to work with a team, what it's like to resolve conflicts, to okay. actually communicate. Like these things, you're not, they're, they're not just learning it in a vacuum, right? So we have this technical mentor supporting people through maybe a code review, maybe some, some uh, details in how to be great product manager. So we have mentors doing that. And then we have the essential skills workshops component where we're talking about all these skills. We're talking about design thinking. We're talking about being a, 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 a culturally aware leader. Because mm -hmm. many of uh, the immigrants we're supporting are actually seniors. They've built products already. They just need someone to prove them in Canada. I mean, it's so sad that we have to do this, right? Because The Canadian experience, like I said, it's not supposed to be a thing. But because it's a thing, we are working to give it to people so that so that the employers can feel like they've been proven 
Mm-hmm. Right? Like yeah. they need, they want someone else to prove it for them to say, okay, okay, so you can work in a team, so you can actually build a product as part of a team, right? So that's what Pathway Pro is really doing, providing that Canadian experience, the essential skills, because we don't want to help people, we don't just want to help people get a job, we want to equip them with what they need to continue to get jobs or create jobs or what, yeah. wherever the economy goes, so they're adaptable that way, right? And uh, another component we have in Pathway Pro is actually one-on-one coaching because <laughs> from experience, <clears throat> when you face a lot of rejection, there's a way it gets into your psyche. It does. And sometimes oh, you, yeah. just, you just get stuck. Mm-hmm. And you need a bit <laughs> of one-on-one support to get unstuck, to remember who you are, to remember what you can do, what you can bring to the table. So we have designed um, the one-on-one coaching. These are actual coaches, like certified coaches that are doing this. So all that to say that a lot of thought went into the design of this because I, like we, the developers of this program, we understand where it hurts. Mm-hmm. So we're able to look at what what do the other programs, where's the gap there? For example, many immigrant supporting programs are designed to be full-time for people who are on EI, employment insurance. Yes. What this automatically means is that anyone that has come into Canada over the past, say, a year, they cannot qualify because they have not been around long enough to have had a job and lost it and then be on EI. Got it. Neither can they afford to not work and just go into a full-time program. They have to do something to support themselves, yeah. right? So we were able to design this as a part-time program exactly to solve that problem so that even if people have to still do this survival job, they can keep you know, body and soul together while they are going through this program. So a lot of thought went into it, and we are still evolving it. And um, Do they need to pay for that? No, because it's a right. it's a funded it's a government funded program. Got it. So it is. But they offered. do need to apply, and then I'm assuming you have, um, I'm assuming you have capacity, of course, right? You cannot yeah, offer that we, to we everyone, have. right? Oh, you mean for people to to? Yeah. So right now we are just we're still in the first cohort. Okay. And we're gonna have six altogether. So we still have there's still a lot of opportunity for people to participate. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so this this program is running until March 2025. Can they apply now? Yes. Okay. Can anyone? So, if someone is interested about that, they need to go to your website. Yeah, and they, they can, can apply go right to away. Pathwaypro.ca. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so take the note. Uh, Pathwaypro.ca. By the way, you can Google it. Great yeah. SEO, by the way. It's very easy to find. Make sure you when you, when you search, you search for Rescue Calgary mm-hmm. or Pathway Pro, and that's going to lead so you. So, if you go to RescueCalgary.ca. Rescuecalgary.ca as well. Yeah, you find a, a pathway pro tab. It's on there. And they can as apply. Well. And they can apply there. And I'm assuming, of course, um, on the landing page, it has all the information they need mm-hmm. to make sure they are yes. eligible. Right. Those kind of things, right? And then once they do that, then you're gonna follow up. You're gonna follow through. And then if the person is eligible, it's you're eligible. gonna see the ways yeah, to absolutely. get it. Absolutely. Uh, to, to, and do they start right away, or is that something they still need to wait? Uh, so the the first cohort is still on right now, so that will still that, that's still gonna happen for another five to six weeks before we start um, the second. But we intake okay. is ongoing. So forty five days, at least from the day we're recording, mm-hmm. which is for you to be aware. <laughs> today is the twentieth of July because uh, it's the episode that doesn't it comes later. Mm-hmm. So twentieth of July, uh, I'm not sure what this today for you watching now, and then forty five days from now, that's pretty much where. Uh, the uh, next cohort is going to start, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, let's wrap up with something. I have a question. For, we can talk over and over, right? I know. Because it's so, it's so there's fascinating. A, there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot unpacked <laughs> here. Um, we, we, we sure do are committed as a company, Launch Code, um, to, you know, to open up this space for that conversation, to go a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Not only because of myself, uh, as personally an immigrant, uh, my, our COO is an immigrant, right? Our CFO is an immigrant, uh, and our CEO is an immigrant, the co-founder of this company. Wow. Uh, of course, they came, you know, years ago. My, my CEO actually came when he was six years old. 
but again, immigration is not, it's something that is very close to our heart. We have an entire team in, in South America. So we know how it is, right? Mm -hmm. We know precisely how it is. So we're very interested in that. So let's think about someone now that is outside Canada, maybe coming to Calgary or maybe coming somewhere. And uh, they saw all the, uh, the ads, right? Uh, they saw the propaganda that said, Canada needs you. They're <laughs> <laughs> right. now fascinated like, oh my God, I've heard they, they need nurses. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what they do? <laughs> uh, it's not easy for you to come as a nurse, so get ready. Um, okay, so from, from a very bright perspective and mm -hmm. shiny perspective mm -hmm. and positive perspective, what, what kind of advices could you give to all of these people mm -hmm. that are either moving already or that just started or actually still are thinking of coming to Canada? What can you tell them? So I came to Canada in 2011. Okay. And it was a different, different time. That was it like, was, right? Yeah, it was the wild, wild west. <laughs> <laughs> so all that to say, now there's a lot of information and connection available i know i know people who come to who before they came here they were already interacting with immigrant techies from outside canada so there is that opportunity now you don't need to wait until you get here to begin to form your network because mm -hmm. the network is going to be the driver anyways and you can start building it right from wherever you are now that you already know you're coming to canada you already know what city you want to come into there's probably a tech hub there somewhere right there's probably some online events they do yeah so just join join start building your network before before you get here and um another thing is i know in many immigrant communities we value education certifications mm -hmm. Um, we Absolutely. think that's going to be the differentiator. Yes. It's, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> not. Not here. So here, relationships count a lot. And uh, your demonstrated ability to do the job is more important than the, the numbers. Than, the, a, the, than the, a piece the, of paper or something like that. The alphabet behind your name, right? And this is coming from someone like me. I, ha I have a lot of alphabets, right? <laughs> right. But I'm just saying that's not what it is they are like icing on a cake they're, they're, that's not what's gonna get you ahead so building that relationship and um just having that learning mindset that whatever happens here you're already resilient you're coming here you're leaving everything you've known to come here so it's just one more hurdle that open open uh open-mindedness to continue to learn is always going to be key um, another thing I would like to add is for people that are particularly interested in tech careers, even if um, you're not currently in tech, something I like to tell people is whatever field you're in right now, you are already you are a subject matter expert already, mm -hmm. and there's some technological disruption happening in that field. There are companies that are solving problems in that area. So if you are looking to get into tech and you're not sure how to start, start from where you are. Start from healthcare, if you're a nurse. Mm -hmm. What kind of digital transformation is happening in nursing in and that healthcare? Field, yeah. there you go. And what kind of careers have been created because of that? Because it's an easier pivot if you're already in an industry and you just want to cross to maybe the the digital transformation team or something. Yeah. So just don't discount all the experiences you've had mm -hmm. because it's what gives you that competitive edge as a subject matter expert in whatever disruption field you want to get into. Because once you own the job, mm -hmm. once you are doing, it's interesting, I say the same thing to, uh, to some friends, it is like the first opportunity you have, it's very hard for you to get the first one, but once you get the first one and you build from there, mm -hmm. what's gonna happen is that if you are still within the realms of, of, with the boundaries of your field of study, I know for you it was a little bit difficult because that's biochemistry is so <laughs> technical, like my wife, an audiologist, mm -hmm. so specific. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, we have a lot of people in the whole tech industry that are, you know, soft uh, developers or, designers or marketers like mm -hmm. myself right especially marketers very, very broad topic right i would right. say it is it is you know it is always like make sure try to you know 
work hard, connect with those organizations, network yourself, work on your soft skills, mm -hmm. understand the Canadian culture, because it's beautiful, yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I've learned, um, uh, I've learned from them. I still learn from them mm -hmm. a lot. It's funny, it's <laughs> just a little, it's just a little comment, because this is a very funny one. So I had my family coming over, uh, and I stayed for 20 days in um, June to July. It was amazing, right? My father, my mother, I never thought they would come to Canada, to be <laughs> fairly honest. I never thought that my mother doesn't like to fly. And then You didn't bring them in winter. They, that's yeah, good. They did, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, they come from a very hot place. So. And then my brother lives in Orlando. They also came. And it was interesting because it was like two weeks that I took vacation and just to dedicate to them and to be with them. And then whenever my family comes or whenever I go to Brazil, Mm -hmm. I realized how Canadian I became. <laughs> <It's funny. laughs> right. Uh, and you, I, get, you get a culture shock when you It go is back like, home. like yeah. right on um, <laughs> with some comments, some jokes, but mainly with one great thing that I learned from Canadians. And uh, I, I believe I walk the talk. I believe, you know, I, I have to ask other people that work with me. But, you know, Brazilians are very European and more than they want to admit. Mm. more than they want to admit in my opinion uh, and very Italian especially very Portuguese very Spanish and then you know they talk on top of each other people and it's it is absolutely fine it is just okay sometimes the topic doesn't even finish <laughs> so imagine myself ladies and gentlemen imagine myself <laughs> being now half Canadian half Brazilian that's that's pretty much how I see myself you know having to engage in conversations where people don't wait for me to finish. <laughs> so, so here's a very good tip for right. you. Learn the Canadian way. I love it. Mm -hmm. It is. We give space. It's okay. We talk, we talk on, on top of each other. Right. But it's always kind. And at least my experience were kind and gentle. And then at the end of the day, uh, listening is an underrated skill. Mm. Yes. Asking it is an underrated skill, right? If you don't have the ability to do small talk, ask. Ask. Yes. I love that when you said that. Well, you don't get understand. Ask what it means. Ask. Yeah. Get people are usually curious. eager to explain. They are because it's a small, non-threatening right. stuff, anyways. So they're just gonna go, oh yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, so Wumi, how are the companies and? eventually even other people, they can uh, support the work you do. Mm -hmm. So for Pathway Pro, the, this uh, program we're running, we are depending on industry to give us projects, real projects that people can work on and that they can showcase. So we understand it might not be the core of your product because of... Um, confidentiality issues and um, IP. So, but something that 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 our participants can actually build and showcase mm -hmm. as, a, as a Canadian product. Got it. So we're looking for pro projects like that. So that's one major way to support. And, uh, and, and again, for, for programs that are already running boot camps that are helping people pivot. So what we find is when people finish a boot camp program, if there's no way, a structured way for them to continue to practice the newly learned skill, their, their expertise goes down. Yeah. So sure. Pathway Pro is that good next step for a, um, a bootcamp, a reskilling, like a career pivot bootcamp mm -hmm. for people that are just coming out. So if people have learned software development, they've learned project management, product management, and they want to keep practicing that and have a a project to go with it that they can show their employers. We encourage people to redirect their clients to Pathway Pro because we are not we are not in competition with existing programs. We're just complementing what's already happening in the ecosystem. So yeah, that would be the two major supports we want: the project and then the participants, immigrants. The projects and the, the immigrant professionals, mm -hmm. and then that are they coming from other programs. Got it. For to contact you, they can go directly on the website and send a message yes, directly absolutely. to you, right? Absolutely. Or fill a form or something like that, or mm -hmm. actually grab the email, right? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Okay. So this is it. This is uh, one of the 
most interesting episodes I've ever participated personally, talking for, about something that is very close to my heart, as also an immigrant. So I hope you really enjoyed. Uh, by the way, um, our now launchcast is actually available on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon. So pick your preferred platform, and you're going to be able to hear our episodes, just, you know, audio version or even with video. Um, you know, make sure you subscribe to the channel. And for this one, see if you're immigrant or you are surrounded by immigrants, my special request to you is that for you to send the link of this video to how many people you want, if this is helpful for them uh somehow this is for sure i know my content marketing manager over there he's already thinking on turning this into a series he's already thinking an event i know the guy's mind doesn't stop uh and uh and we will for sure try to do this to, because there is a larger conversation right mm-hmm. Wumi, as we were talking about right and then at least our company is committed to support the tech community and all of it um breath is that the right word right in all of its range and mm-hmm. of course immigrant uh work that's some and immigrant skills are is that that's something that we are person i'm personally committed and our company is also heavily committed because it has a lot of immigrants um in that sense so we know we know we know the way we know the drill okay so thank you very much appreciate your um, your attention this time and then see you the next one